Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. Has the excitement of serving Jesus Christ worn off you this morning? Remember back to when you were Levi? Do you remember back how empty you were? How frustrated you were with life? Miserable, wasn't it? But see, some of us are so far removed, we've forgotten what that was like. When you come to faith in Jesus, you become a new creation. In the book of 2 Corinthians, we'll read, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. So, you see, when we confess and repent, that means you turn away from your old sinful lifestyle. Then you're to turn and walk in the ways of God. By His grace, you begin the process of metamorphosis. You begin to change from the inside out, and that is a work that only God can do in your life. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 2, verse 13. As we continue through our study in the Gospel of Mark and our message entitled, Dining with the Enemy. Let's turn to our Bibles to the book of Mark, chapter 2. I'll have five points for you this morning, plus an A, B, and a C. So as we go through, if you'd like to take notes, I think it would help you and encourage you to do that. Point number one this morning is this. Life without Jesus is empty. Life without Jesus is empty. Let's look at verse 13. Once again, Jesus went outside, went out beside the lake, and a large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. Jesus loved the Sea of Galilee. He's always hanging out in that area. If you go to Israel, by the way, you'll love the Sea of Galilee. It's a great area. It's one of the few areas that's left untouched, doesn't have a souvenir stand on every corner and whatever, you know, 12 pictures for a buck and all those kind of things that are there. There's not hotels everywhere. So it's kind of like, numbers of times we've been there, you just go out and it's like sitting there and it's just like it could be in the time of Jesus. So Jesus loved it. Notice what he would do. He would get people on the hills he would sit toward the top, the people would stand below him, and he would teach the Word. Just basically like we're doing this morning. Jesus would teach the Word of God. It was an exciting time. Now, verse 14 introduces us to one of the apostles. As he, Jesus, walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tech collector's booth. Now, Levi, the other name you probably know him more by is Matthew, the Greek name. Levi would be the Jewish. He's going to become one of the apostles. At Capernaum, where they are, this city is known as really a, a very busy city for trade. It's on a road between Damascus and the Mediterranean Sea. And many people would come through that area, and Capernaum was a great place. And the Roman government was in control of Israel. 
they would tax the people. So if you came through with your fish or from fishing or your goods or whatever, they would always be taxing the people. To do that required a tax collector. It'd be kind of like the if you go over to the beeline to the airport, you're always dropping bucks in or whatever, and you got to go by and have a good day, and you put another buck in or whatever. And as you would go by, these tax collectors, they were a, would know how much to charge you. They'd take a look at what you had, and they would charge you the appropriate tax. The problem is that they not only charged the appropriate tax, but they tacked a little bit on for themselves. Whatever they thought it could matter, I mean, whatever they thought you could give, and they would line their pockets with this extra money. Levi is a tax collector. He's a Jew. Jews hated the tax collectors. Two reasons. Number one, they were being taxed by Rome. They hated Rome being in control of their country. And secondly, the tax collectors, or the publicans as they were known, were dishonest. Jews hated them so much that they classified them as unclean people. You don't want to touch them. You don't want to be around them. And they were excommunicated from the church. So a tax man, a publican, not a republican, there's a little difference. <laughs> Democrat either, don't, don't, go, don't go down that road. Now, they couldn't come to service. Synagogue, they couldn't come, they were excommunicated. Now that says here that Levi is one of these tax collectors. Levi, all his life, and we'll use this as a tax collector's booth. The booth was usually high, it was sitting up high so he could watch the people go down. You make sure you get everybody that was going by. Well, our story this morning tells us that the Levi was a Jew. Being brought up as a Jew, he was familiar with the religious picture in the country. He, he was familiar with the Pharisees, the scribes. He saw their hypocrisy. He knew that they didn't have the answers to life. Levi, looking for the answers to life, one day, and we don't know how it happened, somebody approached Levi and said to him, would you like to be a tax collector? His heart leaped. It's like the best job you could ever get and somebody offers you the job. He said, man, I'll take it. Because he knew they were rich. He knew they had possessions. He knew they weren't really well liked, but he didn't care about that because really he was empty in his life. So he jumped at this case and this opportunity to become a tax collector. The reason I believe he jumped at it is because Levi, as he sat there the first day on his little toll booth and looked over the people, up to that point his life had been empty. He was searching for significance. He didn't understand what life was about. He didn't like the religious climate. That didn't bring anything to him. And he was empty in his life. As he sat there and had a chance to grab at a little bit of the gusto, we would call it, of life, it wasn't long before a number of weeks and months went by when the newness of the job, all the richness, all the goodies, all those things still left Levi, empty. You see, he was frustrated now because he thought maybe things and money, like you and I might think, if I could only get that job, if I could get the visa paid off, if I could get to this, you know, how significance in life there would be meaning. He didn't find it. So he still remains empty. The scripture tells us, and we don't know exactly how it is, but during that 
Jesus had been in the area about a year in Capernaum. During that year, you can imagine that Jesus had passed his booth many times. He was familiar with Jesus. He would hear people come up and he'd be taxing the people and they'd say, uh, Levi, did you ever hear about this Jesus? This guy changed my life. I met him, he healed people. And so Levi was familiar with Jesus and I believe Jesus was familiar with Levi. He had passed him by. So the scripture says, gives us a little introduction about what Levi is doing. And look at what we see in verse 14 as we continue on. It says, one day as Jesus is walking by Levi's booth, he looks up at Levi and he says this, follow me. That had to shock Levi. Because Levi, you know, in his own mind is probably saying this, doesn't this religious man know my background? Doesn't he know that I cheat people? That I make a living off of sucking extra money off of poor people? Doesn't he know that? Why would he say to me, follow me? And by the way, this follow me means to walk the same road. It means a command. We don't understand it in our language. Follow me is like, well, yeah, yeah, whatever. It's a command to follow me. Well, here's why. I believe that Jesus knew when he would walk by the toll booth where Levi was sitting like this. Jesus knew that Levi's life was empty. Here's why he knew it. When man was created by God, Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God the Father were together in heaven. He created you and he created me with a place in our heart. You can't find it with an MRI or whatever. You can't do surgery and find it. He placed within us a a container, an empty spot that can only be filled by having a personal relationship with God. You see, when man was created, that spot was filled. He had a relationship with God. But because of sin, that place became empty. Jesus knew this. He knew that Levi was long enough in this job that the money now, the possessions, the big home we'll see that Levi has, doesn't bring significance to life. It leaves you still empty. Into this life of Levi came Jesus. He said to Levi, follow me, because he knew his heart was empty. The possessions hadn't done it. Look what the verse says he does. And it says in verse 14, Levi got up and followed him. Now that's radical obedience. It says he got, now remember, this isn't the first call from a cult leader, you know, come follow me, here we go. He's been watching Jesus for a year. Jesus has been watching him. You see, Jesus saw some potential in Levi. Potential that Levi didn't even know he had. Levi would become a great writer of the book of Matthew. So when he's called, Levi has a great choice. He's here. Jesus says, follow me. Levi's bringing in big bucks, has a great position, has a nice home, has a lot of friends, even though they're like him, but he's empty. So when he gets up to leave, it says he got up. He leaves behind Rome, 
He'll, if he leaves the job, he'll never get that job back. In actuality, he's burning his bridges. He's going to follow Jesus on a road, a totally unknown road. He doesn't know where Jesus is going. He doesn't have a clue where Jesus is going. But there's something in his heart that says that's the right thing to do. But as he looks back, everything in his life here is known. He knows he's got the job tomorrow. He knows he's part of Rome. He knows his money's going to come in. He knows he's got a house. He knows he's got friends. It's all known, but he's still empty. I find as we drive up and down our neighborhoods, almost everybody is in the same place as Levi. The person without Jesus Christ this morning is comfortable where they're at, even though they're empty. Because it's a known world. If you're going to come to Jesus Christ, you're going to have to burn your bridges with the past. He made a clean cut. Now that doesn't mean you get out of your marriage and all those things, I'm not talking about that, but it means leaving a lifestyle of sin. One of the dangers I believe is going to happen on Judgment Day is when people stand before God and they believe they're going to be right with God, Jesus is going to say to them, I never had a relationship with you. You went to church, you dropped in when you thought it was cool, you maybe even came up and signed a card, maybe Billy Graham crusade, man, you, you, you filled it out. But you never followed Jesus. See, Christianity isn't an event. It's a lifestyle. Following Jesus on the same road. So Levi had a radical experience. He leaves it. Now watch what happens. I believe that Levi was here, and I believe he'd been thinking about it for a long time. What would it be like to follow it? And when Jesus said to follow him, I believe it just shook him. I believe when Levi got up and left his toll booth, that the emptiness in his heart was immediately filled. He found fulfillment a few feet away from his toll booth. How could that be? I don't know how it can be. I don't know how God got from there and there, but he does. You see, one encounter with Jesus will change your life forever. He went from empty to full. And yet the road was unknown. Now, with this radical call, it brings us to our point number two this morning, which is this. Emptiness is caused by the disease of sin. The reason Levi was empty was because he had a spiritual disease. We know it this morning as sin. All of us are sinners. As we taught last week, we all fall short or we just absolutely go out and purposely sin. Sin separates man from God. When man is separated from God, the emptiness happens. So when God created man, he was perfect. He had a relationship with God. But the minute sin entered in, that relationship was broken by sin. And the part of God that should be in man was no longer there. There was a void. It was empty. Now, it's one thing to be empty in your life. But the end result of sin is like our ulcer story this morning. In the old days, some of you are real old like me, you can remember when you had ulcers, you used to have surgery for ulcers. Because you'd bleed to death. 
Ulcers, you, people died of ulcers in the old days. They'd cut your stomach out, parts of your stomach and whatever. Well, it's the same with the disease of sin. It isn't just that you're empty. The scripture says the wages of sin is death. And you will be separated from God, not only now, but forever. And we call that, we label that this morning with a little four-letter word. It's called hell. Hell is separation from a loving God forever. Now, point number three is this. Jesus is the only cure for the disease of sin. Up to this time, there was no cure for sin. The Old Testament, the Jews, they practiced sacrifices. They only covered the sin. There was no cure for sin. We didn't know until recently there was a cure for ulcers. We know it now. Jesus was going to come and announce that there is a cure for the disease of sin. Up until that point, Levi had watched the Pharisees try to come with these 600 plus rules and regulations. The Ten Commandments added infinitum. How many know when you try to keep the Ten Commandments, you get further behind every time you try to keep one? You keep one and you drop two. You keep three and you drop four. You just struggle over, you just, you can't be good enough. And this is the world that Jesus came into. Today we have the same thing. People try to be good. They try to get to heaven by taking communion, by having water baptism, by doing, you know, coming regularly to church, by signing a church membership card, by, by being a good moral person, whatever. But you can't take the penalty of sin away by being good. You can't ever be good enough. Jesus would come. He would die on the cross, being the perfect Savior for us. He would bring and announce this cure. You see, everything man tries to do is like a placebo. You can take it, but it has no effect on the disease. So religion cannot bring you a cure to the sin disease. Now, what did Levi do to deserve one day sitting here? What did Levi do to deserve Jesus stopping and calling him? Actually, he did everything opposite. He was a cheat. He had the wrong business. He didn't go to church. So what happened in Levi's life, we would call today something called grace. Not a lady's name. It means unmerited favor. It means you didn't deserve it, but Jesus stopped and gave you salvation anyway. How many are glad for grace today? You'll never be good enough, no matter how much we try. It's by grace that we're saved. So we have a disease called sin. It leaves us empty. The end result is spiritual death, hell, separation from God. We have a cure. It's Jesus Christ, His blood shed on Calvary for you and for me. But like the article in the USA Today, how do I get the word out to the world that there's a cure and that there's hope for the disease? Well, Jesus is going to show us exactly how to do that this morning. Point number four is this, the ABCs of announcing the cure. The ABCs of announcing the cure. I titled this morning's teaching, Dining with the Enemy. That's what the church thought Jesus was doing. That is not at all what Jesus was doing. Letter A this morning, if you're going to take the ABCs, is this. 
Don't isolate. Go to their world. Notice where God met Levi in his world. Look at verse 15 this morning. Now, while Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. You see, the first thing that Levi did, because he was so radically changed, he did something very important. Levi, upon his conversion, remembered his former sinner friends. He remembered where he came from. So he's going to throw a big party in his house. And he's going to invite all of these friends. Now, why is he going to invite them? Because he knew they had the same emptiness that he had had. He partied with them all the time. He knew how they felt. He knew that they were going down a dead-end road. There was nothing for them to bring significance to their life. He was going to share with them that there was hope. He was excited about receiving amazing grace. Someone has said that when we come to Jesus, we call it amazing grace. As time goes by and the freshness wears off, we call it interesting grace. And after we've been a Christian a number of years, we just call it grace. Has the excitement of serving Jesus Christ worn off you this morning? Remember back to when you were Levi? Do you remember back how empty you were? How frustrated you were with life? Miserable, wasn't it? But see, some of us are so far removed, we've forgotten what that was like. Levi didn't want to make any mistakes. He remembered. He had just been changed. Jesus had just come by his life and changed him totally with one encounter. So he, wanted, he was excited about telling it. How many remember the day when Jesus came by the toll booth of your life? And you were shocked, but you took them up. You received fulfillment in your life. See, this is what was happening. Levi was going to get the cure out. Now, who was he going to invite to the party? The scripture, look at that verse. He invites two kinds of people. Sinners and tax collectors. Well, we know tax collectors are just like he was. Those kind of people. The sinners were actually a group of people. They were kind of a mixed group of people. Here's who they were. They were people that didn't agree with the law. They didn't do anything religiously and whatever. They didn't have anything to do with the Jewish religion. They just went into this group of people that Levi invites to his house as publicans and tax collectors like he was. And then this whole group of generic sinner friends. The sinners never went to the synagogue. They didn't go there. The tax collectors couldn't go there. So who was Jesus going to minister to? He was going to minister people that would never step inside the church. Grace. We discuss this word quite a bit today. To many, it simply means unmerited favor. While that is true, there's more to the definition of this biblical word. You see, grace is a gift given to us. 
It's what changes us from the inside out. It's the work that God is doing in our hearts. That work of grace becomes reflected in our lives so that all will see how powerful our Creator is. Pastor Mark covered quite a bit in today's message. Perhaps you'd like to review. You can listen to today's message again by logging on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Just select today's date from the media player. Or you can also call us toll-free. The number to call is 866-779-3441 to place an order for a CD. Again, that number to call is 866-779-3441. Another way to get in contact with us is by email. The address is info at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. That's info at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. By far, the best way to stay current with everything that you hear on Lessons for Living is to subscribe to the podcast. Subscribing is easy. Just follow the link at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Now be sure and tune in next time as Pastor Mark challenges our way of thinking. He'll ask us to think of unbelievers as lost, And not just wrong. You see, we war not against flesh and blood. None of us have arrived at a place of all knowledge. However, we have been given truth, and that's His Word. So consider a person's eternal well-being, the condition of their heart first. Reach out to them with the same love God reached out to you with. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right.